Hey everyone, here we are. What is it? January 16th, and we're going to talk about how to get motivated to lose weight. Because what do we got? We got Monday here. And today's a funny day because it's a holiday for most of us. I think this is a national holiday, right? Martin Luther King Day. Uh, so it's a funny one because you may have the day off. And so it makes it a weird week, right? So you almost need to get yourself motivated in a different way, you know, than you typically do. Because most likely you want to get started on a Monday. That's the normal one. And now all of a sudden it's hard to start when it's a holiday, right? And so tomorrow's Tuesday. That's a weird day to start, right? So we'll talk about some of those details. And again, if, if at any point you have any questions, um, things you want to ask, feel free uh, to do that as I answer some questions. Um, but we'll start with, we'll talk about motivation because most people have no clue about how to get themselves motivated to lose weight, right? And so if you look at how most people get motivated to lose weight, it's usually a spontaneous pain-based motivation that just happens randomly where you step on the scale, see a picture of yourself, the clothes don't fit, you see a reflection, you get really upset, got to do something, right? But typically the way that happens though is that with that sort of motivation, it doesn't last long, you know? Um, you'll get really upset. You'll start doing something. It'll last for a couple days, a couple weeks, maybe. And then it kind of fades away, right? So how do you create real motivation, right? What is real motivation, you know, to, to lose weight? And so what we want to reference when we talk about motivation is something you're already motivated about, you see? So it's like right off the bat, people kind of assume the wrong motivation because they're people, when they think about weight loss motivation, tend to think about other things in their lives that they try to get themselves motivated about, right? Um, you know, starting a hobby, uh, reading more books, uh, drinking more water, whatever. So a lot of times with the weight loss, we tend, okay, well, how can I get myself motivated? But what you really want to do is you want to already look at something in your life that you're already motivated about, right? You want to model your own success in other areas of your life, right? So um, a lot of people I work with are successful professionally, you know, clients of mine. And so we, we break that apart. Why are you motivated? What's the motivation professionally that you feel? You know, a lot of people I work with are parents, right? And so that's their biggest motivator is being a great parent or being the best parent they can be, taking care of their kids, right? Some people are married or in relationships. And so being there for their partner, being the best partner they can be, right? That's where they're motivated. That's where, the, you know, they're consistently showing up for that responsibility, okay? So when you want to motivate yourself to lose weight, the first thing you want to do that's awesome. Um, the first thing you want to do is what are you already motivated about? Because there's a lot of wisdom in that motivation. And that's what you should be referencing. Again, I, I can almost guarantee you when you think about motivating yourself for weight, you're referencing other areas of your life that you're not really motivated about. We tend to think of motivation as being kind of like this forcing ourselves to do something, uh, basing our motivation on what we know we should do. You see, but that's different than the actual motivation you feel for real things in your life. Again, the common ones, if you're a parent, no matter how sick or tired you are, you show up for your kid, right? Um, work to a certain degree. If you're, if you're kind of down, you don't feel like going to work, you still go. Why? Because you're motivated to go. But why? And that's the interesting part. Why are you motivated to get yourself to go to work even when you're tired? And you say, well, I, I got to live in my house. I need to make some money. Okay. Well, now we're getting somewhere. So what's happening is you have internalized with whatever area of your life, whatever, because everyone's motivated about something, okay? And understanding that motivation, the way I would describe it is that you've internalized it, 
right? So if it's your job, if it's being a parent, if it's being a partner, you take these things very seriously. You're almost organized around them, right? Being a parent becomes an identity and everything kind of goes through that, right? Everything you do. And so even when you are feeling down, the way you're organized, the way you think about being a parent, having a job, doing these things, it's like the core thing you have to do. And so you do it even when you don't feel like doing it. So what I'm trying to tell you is that when it comes to weight loss motivation, you have been trying to force yourself to care more about the weight, right? You, again, but it's usually this pain-based thing where you get upset and then you say, I gotta change this. And then you say, okay, now tomorrow's Monday, my weight's gonna be more important. I'm gonna eat better, I'm gonna lose weight, right? But the problem is that you're never gonna make it more important because the problem is the way you're thinking about the weight, all right? So I will tell you the main reason why you are not motivated to lose weight as much as you can be is because you think about weight loss primarily in a superficial way. You tend to think about your weight loss motivation in terms of, I wanna look better. And this is no surprise because you've been conditioned through all the diet marketing and you've seen literally millions of diets ads in your life. And they're always showing you that before and after picture. They're always focusing you on how you're going to look better. And you think that should be enough motivation. It feels like it should be enough motivation, but it's not enough motivation. You've got to look at the results you're getting. Does that motivation last? Are you able to make it past a day or a couple of weeks of eating well, of making new changes in behaviors, right? Usually not. You know, And so although you believe that wanting to look better should be enough motivation, it's not enough motivation. It's not enough motivation for most people, right? It's what we call an extrinsic motivator. It doesn't last, it's not that powerful, right? So how do you motivate yourself to lose weight, right? Well, you have to rethink about it. That's the most powerful thing you can do. You have to think about your weight differently than you have been thinking about it. Now, this isn't hard to do because you get the truth on your side. The truth is that your weight is much more important than you think it is and feel about it, you know, because you've been conditioned to think about your weight visually, what you look like, right? What you appear like on the outside. You're not thinking about what it's doing to you on the inside. You probably don't think about your weight. If you're overweight or obese, you probably don't think about it as a medical condition that's putting your life in danger that will most likely shorten the number of years you live on this planet. You don't think about it that way, right? But if you start thinking about it that way, guess what? You tap into a lot more motivation because you have no brain structures motivated to help you lose weight. Right? If you think about your brain in an evolutionary sense, you've evolved over millions of years in a food scarce environment. So what was important is you eating as much food as you possibly could, because that's what was gonna increase your survival. So now we live in this brain that if we eat a cookie, we start releasing dopamine and we start feeling really good and we start wanting to eat more of it. Well, why? Because in a food scarce environment, eating as many calories as you possibly could and that being driven by your brain chemicals and structures was gonna lead to your survival, increased survival chances, right? Well, here you are with the same brain, but now you're not in a food scarce environment, right? We're in a food abundant environment. And on top of that, the food's not only abundant, but it's manufactured to really trigger all of those brain chemicals that make you wanna keep doing it, all right? So you have no brain structures to motivate you to lose weight, right? Never in history was losing weight important. It wasn't even an issue. 
So there's no parts of your body that want you to lose weight. There's lots of parts of your brain that want you to put more weight on or at least maintain the status quo. All right. So this is just the facts. And, and once you understand this, you know, you can start working with things, but there is no, you have to generate your own motivation and you have to be kind of sneaky about it in a sense. Now you can't trick yourself because you are your brain. So you can't lie to yourself. But what we can recognize is you do have brain structures in order to keep you motivated for other things. This is why it's easier to raise your kid and be motivated for it because you have natural brain structures to raise your child in the best way possible. You know what I mean? There's a lot of inborn motivation. You don't have to sit there and try and get yourself motivated to be a parent. You just are. <laughs> and, and again, I know there's always outliers, okay? So I'm gonna say this is 100% all the time, but you have natural motivation to be a good parent. You have natural motivation to be a good partner. You have natural motivation to work because that's, again, gaining shelter, gaining resources, increasing your survival. You have no motivation to want to lose weight. It means nothing to your brain to lose weight, you know? And on top of that, you have no motivation or even a sense of losing weight so you can look better. Wanting to look better didn't mean anything throughout all of history. There was no mirrors. There was no scales. There was no fashion. There was no cameras. You had very little sense of how you looked like we do now. And so wanting to look better, it's just not motivating. It's not an evolutionary motivator. And so you're trying, again, in the modern world, looking better and, and stuff, it means something for sure. But to your brain, which is an evolved machine, it means nothing. So you can't keep pretending and trying and hoping that at some point you'll all of a sudden be more motivated because you won't be. But that's what you're expecting, right? You're kind of just hoping, like, what's the difference between like now, today, and someday in the future where all of a sudden you feel like you're just going to start losing the weight, right? A lot of people make the mistake of saying, well, I know what I need to do. I just need to do it. I just get myself to do it. But I know what to do. No, you don't. You don't know what to do. <laughs> you don't even know how to motivate yourself. And if you don't know how to motivate yourself, then you absolutely have no idea how to lose weight. You have a sense of some tactics. You have an idea of what you could do, right? But that's not a real strategy. That's not a plan, you know? And it's because right at the very core of it, the very first thing you don't know is how to motivate yourself. So you sit here watching this, wishing that you'd lose weight, wishing you'd wake up tomorrow motivated, eating better so you could lose weight. Your wish level's at a 10 out of 10. Your want, your actual motivation to do something different, to actually commit, to make a decision, to actually do the things that would help you lose weight, that want is very low. You don't actually want to lose weight. You wish that you'd lose weight. You got to make that distinction, understand it. I promise you it's true. And all of a sudden when you realize that you can look at this and you can look at your weight problem and recognize the very first thing that you got to figure out is how can I get myself to actually be motivated to lose weight? Because I don't really even want to right now. I wish that I would. I wish it would magically happen. But I don't really want to do the work, the effort, change my life, change my eating. I don't want to do that right now. Right? And that's where you're at. And so you need to recognize that first because if you don't have the motivation, everything else is harder. And so I give you the example I like to use. It's just a thought experiment. It's not the most pleasant, but it, it proves a point. But if the person in your life that you love the most, the person you care for the most, if they were kidnapped and the kidnapper said, if you don't lose weight over the next month, you'll never see this person again. Right? What would your motivation then be? How much would you want to lose weight then? And I say want. How much... How motivated would you be to take actual action and really make it happen? Right, well, now it's a level 10. 
right? Even to the point of kidnapping, so I'm going to put all your favorite foods around you the whole time, right? So what? doesn't matter. I'm so focused on getting that person back. It doesn't matter what you do because I'm now shifted everything in here to want to lose weight at a level 10. And so as soon as you get yourself to actually want to lose weight at a level 10, everything else gets a lot easier, you know, which isn't to say that you want to do more. Um, you know, there's more to it to master your weight. And that's just an example, but you can get to that level of motivation, but you're not there now. And you really have no idea how to do it. We'll talk about it a little bit more here, but you need to recognize you're judging yourself and beating yourself up for not losing weight. But what you don't realize is you never decided or committed to lose weight in the first place. You don't really want to lose weight in the first place. That's the core problem. You know, once you get the motivation cranked up, you know, then you can start focusing on, you know, plans and, and, you know, nutrition strategies and all that stuff. And you can focus on that stuff forever too, by the way. But the third, first thing you got to recognize, you don't even want to lose weight, you know? And so recognize this to let yourself off the hook a little bit. Of course, you're not going to get good results because you're not really committed to it. And it's hard. There is no easy way to lose weight, you know? And so, so you focus on the motivation and we're going to talk about how to do that in a second. I want to talk a couple of questions here. Um, someone says, and this is great. And I want to remind you. So someone says, I keep asking myself, what would a thin person do? And it works. Went to the gym twice. Now, I don't know if, if you're in the, my program here, because that's one of the things we always ask. And we do it. I do it through like, remember, what would Jesus do? Right. So one of the main questions we ask in the program is, what would the thin me do? And again, it's just an idea. It's a way to elevate your thinking so that you can connect to your higher self, the person you want to be. That's so much of the process is really people do it the opposite. They're, they're outward in focused. Right? They think, well, if I change my eating and exercising and my body slims down, then I'll start thinking of myself as a thin person. Mm, that's not a good strategy. But what we do in my program is we, who do you want to be? Right? And start identifying that now. How do I think? How do I feel? How do I want to behave? Let me connect to that person as much as possible. And let me transform from the inside out. You know, So I change on the inside first and then I change on the outside. It's a much more pleasant process. Their chances of success go way up. That's a great question though. Great, great question. Someone says, because everything advertises a magic bullet with no thought or effort. Yeah, absolutely. Right? <laughs> That's exactly right. So I talk all the time about the diet hypnosis that you're in. And you are literally trapped in a hypnotic trance. Literally. And I use these words very, very specifically. You are trapped in a, a diet hypnosis trance. So that when you think about weight loss, you know, and, and listen, because I do these live streams all the time just to really point out that you, you think you've done everything you can to lose weight when in reality you've done almost nothing. Now, I know you've done lots of effort. You put lots of effort out, so I don't disagree with that part. But what you don't realize is you have not learned a system for mastering your weight. And, and I'll break it down as we, we move forward here. But you'll realize that you are missing the most important aspects of weight loss. You have no mindset plan. You know, you have no sense of how to motivate yourself genuinely. You know, uh, you have no idea how to deal with your habits and how your habits run. You probably have very little sense of what your self-image is and how that's impacting things. How to create the emotions you want to feel and deal with the emotions you don't want to feel in a strat with a strategy that doesn't include food. You know, um, how to think like a thin person, how to maintain, you know, your focus, your motivation, your results, you know, through the phases of life. So there's so many things you don't know. And which is okay, but the problem is that you think you know all these things. And so then you say to yourself, there's nothing I can do to lose weight, right? Because if you think you're doing everything the way you're supposed to do it, you're not getting the results you want. 
You know, there's no place left to go. And that's where a lot of people are at. They don't know what to do. Right? Someone says, I'm worried about all the loose skin that will come. And that's a great example of you, literally, literally people don't want to lose weight. That's almost always the case. I, I, there's very few times where I've not seen that be the case. Women, a lot of times don't want to lose the weight because they don't want the attention or the stress that may come from looking a certain way. They don't want the male attention. They don't want that energy. And so keeping the weight on is just easier. And if there was ever any sort of, you know, traumas experienced or, or you know, uncomfortable to unpleasant to horrifying situations they've experienced in their lives that just reinforces it that the weight becomes a way a strategy to keep them safe right so a very fun question to ask because it'll uncover a lot of things is to say how come what are the reasons i don't want to lose the weight what are the reasons i want to remain overweight what positive benefits do i get out of it well i don't have to worry about loose skin I don't have to worry about guys' attention. You know, I don't have to be, you know, all my friends call me a weirdo. It's like, it's, it's, it's irrational stuff because your subconscious mind's controlling your weight. Your subconscious mind is irrational compared to your conscious mind. But you're not a conscious creature. You're a subconscious creature. If you were a conscious creature who just did logical things, you'd be like a robot and you could say in the beginning of the day, well, I'm going to eat this today. And then you would just do it. You wouldn't have much of a weight problem. The problem is you intend to eat that way and then when it comes time to do it, some part of you compels you to eat the wrong food. And this keeps happening. And so you feel like you're fighting against yourself. And in a sense you are, it's your conscious mind fighting against your subconscious programming. You know? Now your subconscious programming doesn't wanna keep you overweight. It's trying to do positive things. So there's the kind of the global things of saying, well, I don't wanna deal with loose skin. I don't wanna deal with male attention. I don't want to have to buy new clothes. I don't want to, you know, it just, it goes on and on. I could just, I could literally talk for hours about all the subconscious reasons why people don't, don't want to lose weight because we do what we want to do. Right. But as soon as you recognize that it'll give you better understandings of why you're doing what you're doing, because right now you have no sense of why you're doing it. And you're just so frustrated with yourself because you think about weight loss all the time. You think about losing weight constantly and yet it doesn't happen. And I always say to people, like, you have no, most people on this call, I bet, have been trying to lose weight for 20, 30, 40 years. And you know less, as little about losing weight now as you did before you started your first diet 30 years ago. You know, which is to say, <clears throat> diets are incomplete. They're tactical. They say, here's a tactic. Try it. Ain't going to work, you know. But you keep trying the tactics. But if you take a step back and realize you haven't grown or evolved within your weight mastery in 20, 30, 40 years, you know, now again, that's the hypnosis. That's that diet hypnosis where they keep you stuck in this hypnotic state and you just keep doing the same things over and over, you know, and you get the same results, but you keep doing the same thing because you're in a trance when it comes to losing weight and you think, can't think clearly. And so something like, well, I don't want to lose weight because I don't want to deal with the loose skin. That's enough for you never really to commit to losing weight because you're worried about the skin. You see, that's what we call, by the way an incongruence, a conscious subconscious incongruence. Because consciously you want to lose the weight, subconsciously you have this fear that you're going to look worse or you have to deal with some worse thing if you lose the weight, you know? So you got to come, you've, you've got to resolve that before you have any chance of success, you know, because you're incongruent. One party is pulling one way, one part's pulling the other way. You're never going to create changes that way because changing your weight is hard 
<laughs> because it's a lot. It's a lot. There's a lot of stuff going on. The diet you have to understand, and I'll, I'll reference this. The diet hypnosis is really an accumulation of hypnotic suggestions that you now think and believe about weight loss. Now, you don't realize this. I will point them out as we go on here. I will point out some of the beliefs you have about weight loss that keep you stuck, right? Um, one of the big ones, though, is that the diets are always focusing you on how you look, right? So the loose thing becomes very important when the main reason you're losing weight is to look better. Well, having loose skin ruins that. And so now you say, well, I'm going to have to do a lot of effort, work hard to lose weight, and then I'm going to look just as bad as I do now. And so if that's how you're thinking about it subconsciously, what are the chances of you doing it? Right? Really low. Because you don't really want to do it. You see? So you got to reflect on this and figure this out. Now I will tell you, you know, again, it, it's easier when I could speak to a person about this and kind of work them through it. But I'll tell you, I'll give you a couple things because I've had this conversation many times, you know, is that I would shift the way you're thinking about the weight. Now, I don't know where you're at with your weight, but Framingham Heart Study, look it up, is a study that shows overweight women lost about 3.3 years of their lives because of the weight and obese women lost 7.1 years of their lives. So instead of thinking about loose skin and how you look and having some extra skin on your body, I would start thinking about the inside of your body and what's going on. How long would you like to live for? How much energy and health and happiness would you like to experience in your life? You see, and this is what I was talking about right from the beginning, that anyone, even if you're not worried about loose skin, anyone has to make a shift. If you want real motivation, and you're going to need real motivation to make this work, but you need real motivation to lose weight. And just focusing on how you're going to look is not going to be enough. And I know you think it is, right? Because that's part of that hypnosis, you know? And you sit here and tell me, oh, I just want to look better. That's all I care about. Well, then tell me what your results have been, you know? And if you've been for 30 years, just, I just want to look better. I just want to look better. And you haven't lost the weight. At some point, you got to say, you know what? This isn't really that motivating to me. It's not working. And that's what you're going to find. <laughs> and again, that's that hypnosis. And people, listen, everyone gets hypnotized. Everyone's constantly hypnotized. The problem is that you're hypnotized in not like specific ways. So it's not me waving a, a watch in front of you or putting you into a trance. You're in trances constantly all day long. And you believe hypnotic suggestions and they're running everything in your life. And especially about weight. And you have all sorts of limiting beliefs and ideas about weight loss that are keeping you stuck. And most of them are total bullshit. They've just been put in there because by the diet industry. The diets don't want you to lose weight. All the big diets you know of are owned by the food companies. Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz for years. Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. The company that owns Atkins Food it was owned by the same company that owns Cinnabon Pretzel or Cinnabon and, and Annie Ann's Pretzels. You know, these companies don't want you to lose weight. They want you to restrict your calories for a little while because they know that when you restrict your calories for a while, you end up eating more calories ultimately. You know, and they make some money along the way as well from the diet, you know. But these diets, don't you ever think about this? Like they never give you the key parts of what you need to actually create the weight loss changes you want, which is a mindset piece, which is a holistic lifestyle approach. You know, they never give you this stuff. They put, oh, just stop eating carbs or just eat meat or don't eat any meat. It's just always like one thing they focus on. They make it conceptually simple so you can understand it. But then in practice, it's, it's hard. You know, that's where the mindset piece comes in. They don't want you to do that. They want you to do the diet for a little while, give them the money, and then go back and eat the food, eat more of the food, you know? So, 
you know, you got to start to understand this because it's the problem for you is that not even just the weight, the worst problem is that you're trapped in a mindset where you have no clue what to do now, where you've been trying to lose weight for decades and you know, you don't know what to do. That That's the most people I work with that they're in their forties, fifties, sixties, and they're smart, successful people. And this is an area they just can't get. And what, what gets harder is the older you get, the more experience you have, whether you've done the diets and you've actually lost weight and then you put it back on. You can only do so many of those and still get motivated to lose weight at some point. Because at some point your brain says, you know what, screw it. Let's just live at the overweight because I don't want to lose the weight and put it back on. That's even worse. I, I just, to some degree, you've accepted it, you know? Um, but you don't accept it. You just, you accept it on one level, but then you beat yourself up constantly about it. You know, you keep thinking there's something wrong with you because remember the diets put themselves, the, the diets are like carnival games, you know? So it's like, they seem easy, right? It seems easy. They pick one, oh, just stop eating carbs. You, you want to lose weight? Simple, simple. One thing. You just need to do one thing and one thing only. Tell me, tell me, I want, just stop eating carbs. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? The average American, that's like, that's 70% of your calories. You know, <laughs> it's like, so, so conceptually it sounds simple, but in practice, it's a whole nother thing. And that's the truth of all the diets. They're always minimizing what you have to do. They're trying to make it sound simple. Magic pills, magic bullets, just real simple, easy. Just do this one thing and you get the results. And so people are so busy chasing shortcuts. And most weight loss, again, it's not your fault because that's just what's in front of you. But it's like what you don't realize is you just keep chasing shortcuts, all your energy into shortcuts, instead of just committing to the process. You know what I mean? Just mastering it. And yeah, it takes more work and you don't get the results as quickly in the beginning, but you set a solid foundation. You master this area of your life. You know, I mean, it's not rocket science, but it's you're, you're literally in a trance when it comes to your weight. And it's a diet trance. That's just how you think about weight loss. You think, I'll give you a couple of the things. Um, you think in short-term timeframes, right? You, you, if you don't realize this, you think in short-term timeframes of days, weeks, months, you know, of how, how long is I'm gonna lose the weight. Um, weight loss in and of itself, weight loss. I just want to lose the weight. Well, that's just a phase, right? By the way, you don't even, that's not even your goal. You don't want to lose weight. You want to lose weight to get your goal weight. Then you want to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on your autopilot. Can you believe as long as you've wanted to lose weight, you've never articulated your goal like that? You just see what I'm saying? <laughs> Cause you're so fixated. They got you fixed on the weight loss, which in and by itself, again, as a hypnotist, semantics are very important. Weight loss people that get really good at weight loss. You have to be overweight to lose weight. And so what do you do when you get to the goal weight? You don't know because you're not thinking about it because you're saying, I don't give a shit. Well, once I get there, I'll figure it out. Well, I have all the conversations with the people that get there and then put the weight back on. That, that's my career. <laughs> what happened? You lost the weight. Why'd you put it back on? I didn't feel like myself. I just felt weird. I don't know. Like I, I didn't know how to keep living that way. Like, I don't know. They don't know. <laughs> and why? Because you, you're you never, ever thinking about how to live at your goal weight, which is the real goal. You know, that's why you'll see me talking about weight mastery. You don't want to lose weight. And see, the, the strategies of losing weight and the strategies of mastering your weight are very different. You see? But you're, and, and ironically, the weight mastery strategy is a lot easier. Now you've got to have patience because again, what most people do with the weight loss. So let me get back to the diet hypnosis that you're trapped in. It's a short-term time frame, And you usually, what drives that being you stuck in hypnosis is that pain-based motivation. 
because when do you actually take any action to lose weight? It's almost guaranteed that it's because you had a spontaneous event where you stepped on the scale, saw a picture of yourself, saw, caught your reflection. Some All of a sudden the clothes you said, well, once I get to that one and they don't fit, I'm going to do something. Well, they don't fit now. And now you say, holy shit, I've got to do something. You're freaking out. You're feeling so much pain. And in that state, that is a hypnotic state. A hypnotic state is just when you're not thinking rationally and logically. You're just being very emotional. And so in that state where you actually feel motivation, it's always a pain-based motivation. And you say, I don't give a shit what I got to do. I just want to lose the weight. And then you pick some plan that's going to give you the fastest results possible, which is simultaneously the most extreme plan. And then you can follow it for a couple of days or maybe a couple of weeks and then you can't keep it up anymore. And then another part of that diet mentality is that you're all or nothing. You're approaching your weight loss like it's a sprint. And if you're running a sprint and you trip a little bit, you've lost the race. There's no room for error in a sprint. It's a race of perfection. And that is how you're approaching your weight loss, as a race of perfection. And the second you make a mistake, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm done. So you're all or nothing. Hey, how are you going to get good at it? You know, you got to practice. You got to... Imagine practicing being thin. What does that mean? Right? You know what I mean? Like a concept you can't, you've never thought that way, you know, because you think you just need to be told what to do. You think you're missing some, some missing piece of information that's going to change everything. Whether it's a plan, a diet plan, a meal plan, a workout plan, or your favorite lines of thought, what the hell's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? What's going on with me? What happened to me? Why can't I stick with a plan? Why do I keep doing this? And you loop through these questions obsessively, just hoping for an answer because you think it's going to lead to a cognitive breakthrough. It's going to change everything. And it's not. (laughs) Learning how to be thin is the same as learning how to write with the other hand. You know how to write with your hand, don't you? Yeah. Okay. So if you want to learn how to write with the other hand, what do you need to do? Do you need to buy a book on how to write with my left hand? No. Right? You know everything you need to know. So what would you do? No more information necessary. What's necessary? Practicing, reinforcement, training yourself. That's what weight loss is really about, weight mastery. It's about, it's, it's less about learning new information and it's more about focusing on your transformation. You know, sticking to new ways of, of kind of living and growing and evolving into the person you want to be. But again, this is no, you don't approach a weight loss like this at all. You're always looking for that magic bullet, that, that new plan, that new medicine. Oh, you know what? Maybe I'll start taking diabetics medicine. Oh, yikes. When you're at that point, you know what I mean? Now I understand it because I know people get desperate, you know, but what you have to understand is that you've been conditioned to really think about weight loss, your weight loss solution in a very, very limited way. You know, there's really one strategy and it's, it's dieting, which so let me help you see through that. Okay. Because the diets are tricky in the sense that they all seem different. So if all of a sudden you see this new diet, so well, this one's based on the Mediterranean people. Okay. Well, that's new. I've never tried that before. This one's based on the, the, I don't know, Asian people. Oh, let me try that one. This one's based on eating just cabbage. Oh, never done that before. Let me give it a shot. (laughs) But what I'm trying to say is to see through that is you have to recognize if they're just telling you what to do, if they're just saying, here's the plan, see you later, it ain't going to work for you because your main problem is not that you don't know what to do. Your main problem is you have no idea how to get yourself to do it. And that really gets to the core of the whole problem for you is that you have almost, 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 almost zero uh, ability, awareness, knowledge of how to actually change yourself. You, you just don't know. You, you know what I mean? Like, like, again, practical strategies you can use to change how you think, feel, and behave o- over time. 
And the diets never, ever, never, ever answer that for you. And so you've got to stop looking like there's some magic diets going to come down the pike and just fix everything. You know, it's not. It's a behavioral issue more than anything. And it's a behavioral issue because the behaviors rely on your feelings and your feelings rely on your thoughts. You know, so you need a holistic strategy to deal with all three of these levels. You know, if you ever have any chance with it, you know. Um, bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Well, so let me just, with the loose skin too, and I don't know how much, you know, weight you want to lose and, and how much loose skin you're worried about. But another solution is that if you can lose weight a, a bit slower, you know what I mean? Um, a, a more slow, sustained, methodical weight loss, a lot of times the loose skin issue is, is reduced. You know, that, that whole issue is reduced. Um, then there's maintaining it long term. And then there's the third thing that I always tell people is that, again, I don't know what your motivation is. I hope part of your motivation is that you're healthier. And so loose skin health wise has no impact, you know, relatively, you know what I mean? It's assuming it's not some major, major, major thing. Um, so you're going to be healthier. You're going to be happier. You're going to feel better about yourself. You're going to have more energy. You're going to be thinking clearer. You're going to feel, again, and my, my approach to weight loss is really weight loss wrapped in personal development. Okay. So it's like, if you're not into personal development much, my program wouldn't really resonate with you much. But if, if this is about becoming the person you want to be, so you're thinking better, feeling better, you know, proud of your results, you're eating healthier, you're sleeping better, you have more energy, your body's operating, you know, at a more optimal level. Um, you feel good. You feel younger, right? You look like you got more energy, right? You're more attractive because of that, because you're happier with yourself, because you're living congruently with your deepest goals. Okay. So let's imagine that reality. And now you got loose skin. Right. And so I say, well, now I'm not as, I don't look as good, but here's the thing, right? You can make it, if, if you do care how you look, like all of a sudden your clothes you look better. And a big part of it is because you feel better about yourself. You know what I mean? You got more confidence. You got this stuff. Oh, so you got loose skin. So you wear stuff. No one can even tell most of the time. In my situation, most people that, that deal with the loose skin thing. Yeah. It's not, it's not ideal. Right. But most of the time your clothes are on and no one really even knows about that. You know, and so you're still getting way more benefit out of it. Yeah, there might be some situations where you feel a little self-conscious and all the rest of it. Surgery is obviously an option, you know, but another part is reframing this whole process, you know, really kind of looking at the whole thing. You know, I would write out the old kind of Ben Franklin clothes where it's like the pros and cons of losing weight, you know, and, and really think about because what's happening is that's a hypnotic suggestion. I'm worried about the loose skin. It's a hypnotic suggestion that you don't really think much past that statement. You say that statement and it kind of keeps you stuck. But if you take that statement out and look at it and say, okay, I don't want to lose weight because of loose skin. Is that my final decision? You know, even if I had loose skin, is it still worth losing weight? And I would, I would ask these questions because you're not, you know, you, you say, I just, I don't want about loose skin. And then you just go on to the next thing. You know, that's the nature of a hypnotic suggestion. We don't really engage with it. It's just kind of said, and we just kind of live, you know, we, we live by it, but we don't realize we're living by it. So challenge that, challenge that question, you know, and, and go in depth a little bit more. Um, let's see. Someone says, I'm not in the program, but you said the thin thing in your videos. Yeah, it works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The more you, that, that's my process is really, it's an inside out transformation. You know, I believe that all change that you're going to intentionally create in yourself. I think you need to know hypnosis, self-hypnosis. You know, you need to know how to hypnotize your brain. Uh, I can't even imagine going through life without knowing this stuff. You know, uh, my situation, I was 50 pounds heavier. I was a binge drinking, depressed. I couldn't get out of my own way. Same brain, totally different results because I had no idea how to run my own brain, you know? So understanding how to, I, I have a process I teach people called self-hypnotic programming. It's very simple. It's basic. It's a, it's akin to like visualization or guided imagery, but in a much more, 
powerful way with a lot more context of what you're doing, right? I think people have no idea of how to run their own mind. You want to create all these changes. You want to do stuff and you just can't. And so a lot of people, like I said, a lot of people I work with are successful professionals. So, well, they've got the intelligence, the ambition, the willpower, the focus, the motivation in that area. Why can't they do in this other area? How do you explain that? <laughs> right? I got an explanation, you know, but, but how do you explain it? How do you explain that you get these, you can do this stuff in one area of life, but you can't do it in the other because you clearly have the skill, right? You've got the resources, but you're not mapping them over and using this other area of your life. And you don't know why, you know, I do, I do know because it's hypnosis, right? Everything's hypnosis because you're a subconscious creature. You're subconsciously, you live your life subconsciously. Your conscious mind is your prefrontal cortex. It's 10% of your brain. It's a, the evolutionarily newest part of your brain. Most of your brain is subconsciously oriented and it runs completely different than the conscious part. I use the metaphor of like, think of your brain like a cruise ship. You know, the conscious mind's like the captain, the crew is like the subconscious mind. And like on a cruise ship, you need both of these people. You need the captain setting the, you know, the course, monitoring, managing all, all the crew, telling them what to do. And then you need the crew to actually do the work, you know? And, and so what you're doing a lot of times when you try and diet, it's like, you're, it's like the equivalent of saying the crew the captain saying, you're all fired. I'm going to do everything. That, that's what dieting's like, right? So you consciously try and make every little micro, you try and micromanage every little thing you're going to do. And it's exhausting, right? You can do it for a little while, then you can't, you know? Because you're not designed that way. You're not designed to be consciously in control of every little thing you do. That's not how your brain works, you know? How do you think you could not ride a bike for 50 years and then get on it and be able to ride it? Do you think because you consciously remember every little thing you did? No. It feels like there's some part you just, what? What? Just I just kind of know how to do it. Yeah, there's a part of your brain where all the things that you've learned and there are just so many of them you can't even imagine, they're just stored in there somewhere. It's not a conscious thing we got to figure out. Oh, bike, okay. Remember when I get on a bike, I put this hand here and this hand here and I go and I... You're not logically thinking it out. You just do it because the part of your mind running, your subconscious mind just stores things, you know? And so guess where all your eating habits and behaviors are at? They ain't in your conscious mind because <laughs> in your conscious mind, you'd lose weight because you want to lose weight. If your subconscious mind was logical, you'd say, ah, you know what? I'd be happier and healthier and everything would be better if I lost some weight and ate better. And then you just do it, right? But what's up? You don't do that. So what's compelling you to eat the wrong foods? Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, so you've got to start looking at things a little more deeper because that's the secret. It, it's like it, there's a lot of stuff that I work with. It's still challenging. I'm mean, still work, but it's like at least you can have a plan. You know, I would say the way people approach weight loss, it's almost like if I want to learn to play the piano, but the only books that I would learn from, or the only places I would learn from are like how to learn the piano in three days, how to learn the piano in the first 24 hours you play it, right? Like just shortcuts. All I want is shortcuts. If I can't learn it quick, I don't want to learn it. And that's what you've been hypnotized to do with your weight loss. If it's not instant, if it's not fast, you don't want to do it, you know? But again, how do you learn the piano? Well, the most important thing is to have a practice routine. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's the nuts and bolts of actually improving at anything. And you would do that with any other area of your life that you wanted to get good at. Any skill that you wanted to develop and learn, you would, again, you understand the, the importance of practice, of reinforcement, of continually focusing on it, growing, optimizing, evolving, right? But then there's weight loss and tomorrow's Monday, I'm going to cut 60% of my calories out and I'm going to keep that cut until I get to my goal weight. That's the plan. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow, where'd you come up with that play? Have you ever tried that before? Oh yeah, I've tried it lots of times. Well, well how's it worked? It never works. <laughs> okay, well, good luck. Good luck. You know what I mean? It's like, 
geez, Louise, right? It's, it's like, it's really, it's, it's corny, but it's true. The definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing, expecting a different result. But with weight loss, it's that, but it's not insanity. To me, it's like the de- definition of hypnosis is a better, more accurate because you're not insane. You know, you're, you're hypnotized and you're hypnotized. The, the experience of hypnosis when it comes to your weight loss is that you're not logically thinking about the things you keep saying to yourself. This is why you never logically challenge the idea of dieting to lose weight. You just accept it as that's how you lose weight. I get my willpower and I follow a plan that someone gives me. And that's your strategy, you know, and it's a trash. It's a trash strategy. It doesn't work. But again, you, you never think you never no one wakes you up out of the hypno and say, wait a second, look what you're doing here. You're approaching this. If you make the littlest mistake, you lose all your motivation. You want to quit. How, how are you going to deal with the stress and the, and the challenges of life that happen? What are you going to do then? You know what I mean? Like, like it ain't rocket science. It's just that you never think to ask these questions because you're in a hypnotic state when it comes to your weight, you know? And so how are you in a hypnotic state? Because at this point, first of all, the only motivation you've ever had that's gotten you any results with your weight loss is almost always this spontaneous pain. You know, short of if, oh, I had my wedding and I'm really excited for that, or I had some big photo shoot that I wanted to do, or if there was some big event where you really wanted to look like a million bucks, you might have that. Okay. But short of that, what's your motivation? Cause I already know it. I don't even know you and I can describe how you've gotten motivated to lose weight and how you're relying on it now better than you can. How can I do that? <laughs> because I've been doing this for 20 years. I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. I understand the nuts and bolts of weight loss on a psychological level, okay? And so what's the motivation you feel? It's the spontaneous pain-based motivation of stepping on the scale, of seeing the picture of yourself, of seeing your reflection, of the clothes not fitting, and you get so pissed, you, that's it. Now, in that state, it is a literal state of hypnosis where you're not logically thinking. You're just emotionally saying, I don't give a shit what I got to do. I'm just going to do whatever to lose the weight, right? And so then that's how you try and motivate yourself now, though. That's the biggest problem. The way you try and motivate yourself is through more pain because the only thing that's ever worked for you is the spontaneous pain that you felt and you were able to kind of parlay that into some action for a little while, right? And now what you do is you try and motivate yourself by feeling pain, by beating yourself up, by feeling like shit, see? That's why I tell people, I say, the, the, what I do, right, the opposite. Go, you can watch any of my videos, any of the hypnosis videos all revolve around the same idea that you connect to who you want to be. Who do you want to be? Connect to the, the ultimate goal. Connect to it. Tap into that. There's a lot of pleasure there. Pleasure-based motivation is the secret to you getting the results that you actually want, which isn't to say that we don't use pain. We, we use pain very specifically. Pain's good for making a decision and pleasure's good for carrying it out. And what you try and do is just use pain for all of it. Well, your brain's a pleasure-seeking mechanism. Why do you think you wanna eat the wrong foods in the first place? This ain't rocket science. What do you think? Why do you want to eat the cookies and the ice cream and you know you shouldn't eat it because you want to lose weight? It's because it feels good. You know? So it's like if you're motivated, you think your main thing you're going to do to lose weight is to just feel like shit all the time, beat yourself up. Oh, I can't do that. It ain't going to work. You know? So we want to use pain and pleasure. Right? Real important. Someone says, I don't want to fail one more time. How to deal with fear of failure again. Yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest challenge, I would say. Yeah. Especially as you get older, that's the biggest problem. That, that's the biggest motivation challenge you have is that you, um, it, it, most people can only deal with so many, worse than losing weight or, or worse than being overweight is when you lose weight and then put it back on. That, that's one of the most devastating experiences. Most people can only deal with a couple of those. You know, before they get to the point, they create this subconscious belief 
what's the point of even trying to lose weight? It's a lot of work. It sucks. But then most importantly, it doesn't, it doesn't last. What's the point of going through all of that just to put the weight back on, you know, because now I've used up all that energy losing the weight. And then I got all that disappointment on top of it. It's easier if I just stay at this weight. So that fear, that fear of failure is huge, you know? So how do you do it? How do you do it? Well, you got to come up with a different plan, you know? So, I mean, it's like, you know, so I, I don't want to sit here talking about my program all the time. Cause it's like, I'm not, but I, but I say it because just to point out how little, you know, about mastering your weight, you never even think about mastering your weight. You just want to lose the weight real quick. And then you'll deal with keeping it off afterwards. But mastering your weight, I think the core of mastering your weight is to make it about you, right? So in my program, the core strategic part of it is I have these weight mastery blueprints, right? So in my program, it's a 60 page workbook that a person fills out. There's a motivation, a mindset blueprint, lifestyle blueprint, and eating blueprint, okay? I think of it like a pyramid. The base level is the mindset because that's the foundation. Then lifestyle, then eating. And I think that if you look at most weight loss plans, it's basically that someone's saying, here you go, follow this meal plan, follow this workout plan. And there's not a lot of room for you to make it your own. You know, so it's you kind of shoving your square peg into a round hole, making it fit. You know, that's most weight loss plans. And so I just believe that right off the bat, this is the problem because you're a unique snowflake. You know what I mean? Like you're a one of a kind. No one's got your genetics, your preferences, your lifestyle, your situation, right? So to me, it's like take a little extra time and craft your own one size fits one plan that works for you, you and you alone, you know? And so, yeah, it takes a little more time, but that's what happens with my clients that you go through, you fill out the 60 page um, workbook and you now have a literal personalized roadmap of mindset and mindset is we start with motivation and then you fill out your self-image your ideal self-image who do you want to be on this planet what's the best version of you let's get clear on that that's the goal habits right do you know what that what what are what is a habit do you know the neuroscience of a habit you oughta because that'll make it much more likely that you can come up with a strategy to install the habits that are going to give you the weight and the happiness and the health that you want, right? So we break down habits and how to install the ones that are going to change everything for you. And it's customized to you. You know, you pick your habits. We break them down based on your experience of those habits. Because, oh, I eat cookies, I eat cookies and that's my bad habit. Well, the way I eat cookies and the way you eat cookies is totally different. So we need to break it down specifically to you, right? Then we go to the emotions. What emotions do you want to feel? What shitty emotions are you dealing with in life? Let's deal with those emotions. Let's have a plan for how to deal with them, how to feel them, right? Thinking, do you know how to think like a thin person? What questions can you ask? How do you talk to yourself, right? It's very unique. You speak to yourself like no one else, you know? So you want to know that. Maintenance, do you have a plan to maintain? Not once you lose the weight. Never mind that. Do you have a plan to maintain from day one to day two, week one to week two? You need to have that right from the beginning and you need a custom maintenance plan that you can rely on your situation. You identify it. <laughs> That's just the mindset piece. And then there's a lifestyle piece. You know what I mean? So it's like, I can tell you the habits, you know, the lifestyle habits, there's eight of them, but how do you implement it? You know what I mean? Like, like what someone else is implementing the habits is going to look different than the way you're going to implement the habits. 
So we want to break that down. How are these habits going to install and implement into your life, into your reality? So it's got to be a one of a kind thing. And then the eating part, then that's the next part. And so it's breaking down the, the eating. And so the, the, the core of it in my eating blueprint that I work with people on is having some structure. You've got to structure your eating, I believe, if you're going to change your weight. I think it's, it's, that's the one non-negotiable, I would say. You know, I have a golden rule of a program yourself thin is that there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. But that gets right to that core idea that if you start this process as I am creating a one of a kind personalized plan for me to get back to my goal weight and live the rest of my life there on near autopilot. That's my plan. And at the end of the eight weeks of working with me, you have a literally filled out. It's on a Google document so you can tweak it and optimize it because you may do that, you know, over time. But now you have a customized motivation blueprint, a customized self-image blueprint. You know exactly what your goal is and what you're looking to achieve here. You're very clear about the best version of you and you're relying on that. You break down your habits. You break them down <laughs> into detail that you never think in. Does that make it automatic and easy just to change it? No, you still have to work at it, but you now understand how to do it. Right now you don't. You're very superstitious because you have almost no awareness of what's going on subconsciously that's influencing your behavior. And you have no control over it. You have no control over your motivation. You have no control over your self-image, no awareness of it. No idea about your habits. You're just trying to use willpower to fight against them. You have no idea about your emotions and how to feel the emotions you want. So it's like there's all this stuff that you have just no awareness of, you know? And so if you don't know those things, you can't fix them, right? Um, so that's why you're so scared of failing again because the way, main strategy you've used is to like just follow someone else's plan. You never make it your own. And this is why there's so much of that feeling of I'm on track, I'm off track. You know, for me, I have created a eating blueprint that works totally well for me. And because of that, like, I love it. I love how I feel. It's easy. I enjoy it. It's custom made for me. So is it easy to follow it? It's not the easiest thing. I mean, there's still some discipline and some of that willpower stuff for sure, but it's way easier than following someone other's plan for me. Does that make sense? I mean, it's literally customized for everything I like and I want. And I, I just can't overstate that. I think it's, it should sound obvious what I'm saying, it, right? But I'm telling you, that's one of the core reasons why you're so scared of this because you're just trying to follow a plan and then you force yourself to follow the plan. Diets are kind of like endurance tests. They're not built to be long-term. It's almost like a test just to see how long you can keep yourself doing it. And that's part of your core thinking that's got you trapped in this weight merry-go-round where you never get any results. And that's exactly what you said is exactly it. I can't, I don't want to fail again. I don't have the energy, the physical, mental, or emotional capacity to deal with more failure. I get that, you know? So how do you avoid that? You do something different. Stop dieting. Start making this a more robust uh, goal. So it's not just, I want to lose X amount of pounds. It's got to become, I want to be this person. And part of being this person is having this weight. But the bigger part of being this person is the way that I'm thinking, the way that I'm feeling, the way that I behave, what I do day in and day out. You see, that's why it's good. We want to take the weight loss. We want to wrap it in personal development. That is one of the most important things. Because then again, you, you then it, it kind of sets you up for success. It sets you up long-term. There is no failure for me. I have times when I'm more on track than, than others, okay? But I'm always at least somewhat on the track. I'm never totally off the wagon anymore, ever. 
So, so for example, instead of being all or nothing, I'm all or something. I'm always doing something. I'm always somehow engaged in my, my weight and my health mastery, you know, even when I'm off track, you see? So again, it's that, that paradigm shift of how you're thinking about it. You're, you're very black and white. I'm either on or I'm off. And when you go off, that feels like failure. You know, it sucks, but it's because of how you're approaching the process right from the beginning, right? Um, someone said you're blowing my mind right now. That's awesome. That's great. Um, what do you recommend T-Gen? I don't know what that means. Please do more hypnosis for anxiety and stress. Yeah, okay, I can do that. Because um, that's one of the big ones, you know? And that just gets to the point that, you know, the biggest challenge you have with your weight is emotional eating, right? And But but what's emotional eating? Let me just talk about that for a second because people fundamentally misunderstand this. And this is why they're not getting good results with emotional, dealing with their emotional eating. You're looking at your emotional eating like it's a bad thing, okay? But you have to understand that everything's good and bad. Everything's good and bad. Please, let this sink deep into your mind. Emotional eating is good and bad. It's good because it helps you deal with your emotions. It gives you a little burst of pleasure and enjoyment for a minute, a bit of relief, relaxation. Those are good. It's enjoyable. It's pleasurable. Great. It's bad because, you know, the consequences of the weight and, you know, how it makes you feel physically, mentally, emotionally afterwards. Okay. So everything's good and bad. And so you have to understand that your emotional eating is a strategy behind every behavior is a positive intention. You don't do things to feel bad or to hurt yourself. You do things for good reasons, but it may also have a consequence of having some, you know, some costly consequences with it. So emotional eating, instead of saying, well, uh, I keep eating cookies at night because that's how I relax and unwind, right? And so what people say, oh, that's it, no more cookies at night. But now they also got rid of the relaxing unwinding part, <laughs> right? Have you not felt this, right? When you start trying to lose weight and you tried eating better, what you don't realize you've thrown out most, for most people, eating is their number one strategy to deal with their emotions, right? <laughs> you know, so it's like, if you're going to get rid of the emotional eating, a, a better way to reframe that is that you're going to create a better strategy to manage your emotions than eating. Does that, I hope that's making sense because what, if you just say, I got to stop emotional eating, you're completely missing the part of the emotional eating which is managing your emotions. Now I agree, eating is not the best strategy to use for managing your emotions, but it's the strategy you got and it's the one that's been programmed into your mind from literally millions and millions and millions of advertisements you've seen in your life for food. Every single one of them is linking their food to some emotion, you know, and they're using those foods in an emotional way, right? We know this, right? <laughs> Every single food ad you see on TV is linking their food to some emotion. It really has very little to do with the food, right? Um, but they do this, and so it affects us. And so for a lot of people, the main strategy you have to feel, you know, some burst of emotion or relaxation or reward, whatever, and to not feel shitty emotions is to use the food. So it's not about getting rid of the food as much as it is saying, what are some other strategies to manage my emotions that don't involve food, you know? And once you have a better strategy, your mind will choose that. Right now, you don't have a better strategy. You got the food or nothing. Okay. But yeah, anxiety and stress, those are two of the core ones. Someone says, this all makes so much sense. Personal development is the bottom line. Yes. Yeah, th that is such an important point. Because right? that's that core thing. So my program, right, it's like we start with motivation. And I take people through what I call the motivation matrix. Level one is pain and pleasure, how to use them in, in, you know, intentionally. And level two is intrinsic, extrinsic motivation. But once you're really ready to run through a wall to lose weight, you're really like truly motivated. The very first thing we do to get to work is the self-image. 
You know, the way you think about yourself. What are we doing here? You know, because people make the mistake of thinking, well, just the weight loss is going to make me into a different person. It is not. Okay. This is all known. The self-image thing came from Maxwell Maltz, the author of Psycho-Cybernetics. He was a plastic surgeon in the 50s, 60s. Now, again, remember, plastic surgery back then was about fixing deformities more than it is kind of now. Um, and so he would fix people with deformities, and he would realize they were still acting as if they still had the deformity. They still lack the confidence or just you're kind of carrying themselves the same way. It helped them realize there's this self-image. We have an idea of who we are inside. And basically, our external reality is basically a projection of that. You know, and so I promise you, if you've been living as an overweight person for 20 years, that that is your identity. That's your self-image. That's how you relate in the world. That's how you speak. You know what I mean? Like so much stuff's built around that. And you think just, well, I wake up tomorrow at a different weight. I'm just gonna be a different person. No, you're not. You know, it, it's just, it's like if you wake up in China tomorrow, you don't just speak Chinese. You, you know what I mean? Like, like there's an internal process that's creating your weight. And a big part of it's how you think about yourself. You know, so again, in my process, we start with the self-image. Who do you want to be? What's the best version of you? We're not just saying you're just going to lose weight. We're going to start. And the good thing here about focusing on the inside part is you can experience those changes much faster. You know, you can start thinking and feeling much faster than you can get the, the actual weight loss results. Let's take a little bit longer, you know. But yeah, so making it about personal development and adding more value to it, you know, to the process, giving it more meaning. This idea that you just want to lose weight, I'm telling you, there's no, you have no brain structures motivating you to want to lose weight just so you can look better, you know? But in terms of wanting to be a better version of yourself, um, wanting to be a better parent, a better partner, a better worker, whatever you value in your life, whatever is most important to you in your life, this becomes a process of becoming better at that, you know? It becomes, instead of, I just want to lose weight, it becomes, well, if being a parent's the most important thing to you, we want to recognize how the weight is costing you and affecting you being the parent you want to be. And it's not because of the way you look. You understand? It's because of how you feel. It's because of how you think. How long you'll be alive. You know what I mean? It's recognizing those things. It's a lot more important and more valuable. Um, someone says, I need hypnosis for weight. Yep. I think everyone does. Uh, love your content. Thank you. I love hypnosis for weight loss. I've lost nine pounds in the last two weeks listening every night. Yeah. Super, super, super. That's awesome. Someone says, I've been yo-yo dieting for 40 years. Makes so much sense. Thank you. Yeah, great, right? And that's my goal here. You know, if you don't know, um, my mission in life is to help as many people as possible live at their goal weight. And so my journey started 30 years ago. I dropped 50 pounds and, uh, you know, but it's the way I did it, you know? So I was, I was 50 pounds heavier. I was binge drinking. I was just lost. And it was a complete miracle for me. You know, my father died. When, so the beginning of my story really is when I was nine, my dad died of a heart attack. He was 54 gone just like that you know and so obviously i was traumatic and i remember thinking like oh, i'm never going to go down that path 10 years here i was 10 years later i was 50 pounds overweight <laughs> it was i was going on the exact same path you know and i had no idea how to change it and it was just a pure miracle and, and this i swear it's, a, it's almost metaphysical almost right but i took a, a semester off from college and in like a couple months i learned i was exposed to hypnosis neurolinguistic programming tony robbins uh, yoga, martial arts, guitar, meditation, right? It was just just nuts. No fault of my own, just pure, pure luck. But it was absolutely transformative to me. And um, I started getting just, I mean, I, I didn't just lose weight is what I was trying to say. I mean, it really, truly transformed me from the inside out into the best version of myself. And I don't want to say the best. I mean, like, I'm always optimizing and growing and changing. I've had struggles the whole time. So I don't want to make it sound just like, everything was just easy peasy. It wasn't like that. But all of a sudden I felt like I could see 
what was happening. I could see why I wasn't getting the results I wanted. I could see what to do to change them. And it took work. It took effort, no doubt. But at least I felt like I had a plan, you know, because most people like your weight loss, you have no plan. If you think about it, it is. And that's the hypnosis I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to wake you up from the hypnosis for a second so you can look and realize I really have no plan of how to lose weight. I have no idea how to lose weight. You just hope. You wish that that somehow magically you'll just be more motivated. You know, you magically there'll be some new solution, you know, but left your own devices right now. You literally have no, you have no, we call it granularity. You have no granularity about how to lose weight. What are the components of it really? You know? And so I do. So, so my goal is I looked at this last, um, last fall. I was like, my mission is to help as many people as possible live at their goal weight. And what I've been doing for, for the last couple of years, I, I was doing a lot of private coaching. I certified a bunch of coaches, my program yourself thin system. Um, but I was like doing the coaching. I can't, I'm not impacting as many people as I want. So I reshuffled the, the, my whole business. I redid my program and now I opened up. So it's a group program where I'm able to work with people each week, every Tuesday and Thursday, I have live calls. So I'm able to bring people through the program in this way. Um, and I'm able to work with a lot more people, but the most important thing is that I do all these lives, you know, I said, I'm going to do, I'm just going to social media. I'm just going to put all these videos out. I just want to help people. And that's why I do these live streams to wake people up. Cause to me, weight loss is life and death. You know? Yeah. I want you to look good in your bathing suits. Great. You know what I mean? Like that, that's, that's a fun thing, you know, and enjoy it. But that's not really my core motivation for you. I want you to be alive longer. I want you to be here. So the people that are most important to you in your life, you have more time with them. And while you have the time with them, you have the energy and the state of mind and the emotional um, makeup to enjoy that time as much as possible. You see, that's what this is all about for me. It's really not just about looking better, you know? Again, that's just a little side effect, a little bonus to it. So I'm happy this is helping you. And the yo-yo dieting, it drives me nuts, you know? Primarily because, you know, so here's, so today's kind of focus is motivation. And so to understand motivation, you need to understand internalization, okay? And what that means is it's one thing to say, oh, yeah, yeah, I know I got to lose some weight. And most of the times when you think about losing weight, you're doing it in a disassociated way, okay? Where, and, and so you can be disassociated when you logically know something, but you don't feel it in your body, okay? So I'll go back to the writing example, right? Because you know how to write with your hand, but you only know how to write with one hand. So that's a good example because you know how to write. You have the logic and the awareness and the information to write, but you don't feel it with the hand you don't write with, right? And so you've internalized it into one hand and you, it's disassociated from the other. It's just, it's a disassociated knowledge information that doesn't really impact the neurology of your body. Okay. So that's an example. And so when it comes to weight loss and um, why you want to do this, you have a general sense of, I should lose weight. It's important. My health, you know, you have some, you have some words you say, but they don't impact your nervous system very much. You don't internalize that idea very much, you know? So I'll give you an example of what I mean. So I often re reference this Framingham heart study, which will say with women, um, overweight women live 3.3 years, less years of life on average obese women, 7.1 years. And I have said this to people and what are they, can you imagine what some, some people said to me? Well, those are the worst years. You know what I mean? Like that's a great example of being disassociated from something, right? You're disassociated, you're not really internalizing it. And so how do you internalize it? What's that feel like? Well, let's just take a second, right? Someone made this point the other day when I was talking about this, that, cause I was like, is three years not a long time? <laughs> right? Cause that three years is a long, I would've done anything, 
anything to have three more years with my dad. I would have done anything to get those extra three years. When I was nine, nine to 12. Would have loved it. Okay. So three years means a lot to me. Three years as long as the pandemic's been going on. You don't think that's a long time? You know? But think about this for a second, right? Let's internalize what this weight's doing to your body. This is one of the first thing I do. By the way, if you want to get more of this, if, if what I'm saying is, is like, wow, this is really interesting, um, go watch my training. Go to my, you can go to the description, you can go to my bio, and there's a link right there. It's a free training I put together for you. It's about a half hour. I'll, t- I'll show you the three steps to master your weight. I'll break it down for you. Take a couple notes. It'll put you on a completely different path. <laughs> All right? Um, but so one of the first things I do in that presentation is I show you an x-ray or I don't know if it's an x-ray, but it's like, it's like an MRI thing, you know, of a, a person at their natural weight and a person who's obese. Because I try and put your mindset into what's going on inside your body. You have been hypnotized to think about your weight in terms of how you look, which is minimizing the problem here. Because, yeah, how we look does matter in our society to some degree. Let's be honest, okay? It shouldn't, but it just does. So it's, it, it is a real thing, but okay. But to me, that stuff is small potatoes compared to what's going on inside of your body with this weight. And this is real important. It's like sugar, for example. You say, oh, I, should, I shouldn't eat so much sugar. Well, how are you thinking about sugar? You, you probably are not thinking, you know, I shouldn't eat sugar because at some point in the future, I might get cavities. I shouldn't eat so much sugar. At some point, I might put me at risk of type 2 diabetes, right? And so you put it in the future in some kind of obscure potential way, and it doesn't mean much. Right? But what if you think about sugar in terms of understanding that sugar is actually made of two things, glucose and fructose. And so when you consume a lot of sugar, it splits off. Half of it goes to your liver. right? And then if there's high fructose corn syrup, that goes. The fructose splits off and goes to your liver. That's what handles the fructose. And the glucose goes in your bloodstream. And so there's this tsunami effect because getting that much sugar into your system that quickly is very unnatural. In a natural world, you never did that. You know, you think of sugar is like you tap the sugar can and it comes out all crystallized white. No, not true. It's extremely processed. And it's extremely processed because part of what makes sugar addicting, but makes anything addicting, is how quickly it gets into your, your bloodstream. How quickly between when you take it and you get the effects of it. You know, And so because sugar is so processed and so powdered down, it absorbs in your blood very quickly. So it creates this tsunami effect. You know, if your town gets a a foot of water over a month, it can handle it. The systems handle it. If it gets that foot of water in an hour, it overwhelms all the systems. This is what's going on in your body every time you're eating a lot of sugar, drinking a soda. You know, a 20 ounce soda has 22 packets of sugar in it. You don't may not think of it that way. Right. So the way we think about stuff impacts how we behave with it. And so if you realize every time you're eating a decent amount of sugar, it's almost instantaneously going right into your blood, right over to your liver. And now it, all that glucose in your blood is an inflammatory agent. And now your pr- pancreas has to release a bunch of insulin to clear the glucose out of your blood. And how it does it, it opens up your cells and it pushes the glucose into the cells to store it. You know, Well, you keep doing this and now all of that insulin, because it's an unnatural level of insulin, because it was an unnatural level of glucose to start with. And so now you've got a systemic inflammation within your whole body, right? So this is just the start of the way you're thinking about things is directly impacting how you're behaving with things and how you're behaving with things obviously impacts your weight and how you feel, you see? And so it's so much of this stuff. So we internalize what we're doing to our bodies 
And you're not. That, that's the hypnosis is you're minimizing it all the time. All these ads are minimizing it. Okay? But you have to maximize. You have to say, wait a second. What am I doing here? What am I actually doing to my body every time I put this sugar in here? Holy shit. I'm doing this a couple times a day. I used to put sugar in my body from the moment I woke up till the time I went to bed. I was, I was shoveling sugar into my body. Okay? And all the effects that has on it. You know? So it's like, it, it's, it's literally... I don't want to say it's dictating, but it's a huge impact on the quality of your life. Never mind your weight, the way your brain works, the energy levels you feel, your moods, how your body feels physically, your comfort levels. All of these things are being impacted. Those are more important to me than just how I look. You see? So again, so much of this process is, is seeing it differently, seeing it for what it is though. You know, again, you get the truth on your side. The truth is that you're, because it's not the weight. You, the weight is a reflection of what you're doing regularly. You see, it, it's not just the weight. It, it's that the fact that you're, you're at this weight because of what you're shoveling into your mouth all the time, the way you're living. And that is, there's a lot of negative costs to that, to those behaviors, and those decisions. You may live less years. While you're alive during those years, you may be more miserable. You may have lower energy levels. You may feel like shit because of it. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Like, like we don't look at it this way. We just, oh, I just want to look better. You know what I mean? We're minimizing it. You have to internalize what the effects are, you know? Good and bad though. You know what I mean? So it's internalizing stuff. So it's a huge part of the whole thing. Um, let's see. If you guys have any questions, I'll answer. I'm going to move things along. Dude, listening. Um, dude, listening to your stuff has been a game changer for me. I've gotten my shit together. That's awesome. Hey, cool, cool. The videos are great. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's the point of it. That's why I say. So at this point, you know, yeah, certainly you can work with me. And that, that's for some people, you know, but I, I'm literally, I just put this stuff out forever. Uh, you know what I mean? A, a YouTube channel, you can watch the stuff there. The more you listen to me, even if you don't join my program, it'll take you longer. You know what I mean? But there's that part of it. But it's, um, I promise you, if you listen to my stuff, listen to my podcast, like I promise you, you will start acting differently, naturally, automatically, because what I'm doing is I'm changing your mental programming just by listening to me. You know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm pointing out things you never think about. You know, I'm, I'm literally... I'm creating, I'm causing paradigm shifts in your mind when it comes to weight loss, you know, and those paradigm shifts lead you to naturally and automatically act different, which is the main point because what you try and do with your weight loss is you're trying to stay in the same paradigm and you're trying to just make things different and it's not going to work. The easier way to create change is to shift your paradigm, how you're thinking about this whole process. And that's the easier way, you know, and the, and the more sustainable way. So that's awesome. I'm glad you're enjoying these. And I'm glad, I, yeah, got your shit together because that's what it's all about, you know? And that's why I'm trying to tell the truth out here, you know, because I think there's so much bullshit around the weight loss thing. Um, and I get it too, because again, when you realize all the diets, you know, most of the diets are just owned by these big food companies, you know, they're, they're not meant to help you actually lose weight. And um, on top of that, the food companies are really the cigarette companies, you know? And that's what's going to happen. So, so I just want to go back to internalization real quick because I like to make this point. What's going to happen in our lifetimes is the food is going to be very much like the cigarettes happened, right? And if you don't remember, cigarettes at one point were not associated with cancer. They weren't really associated with, with ill health at all. That sounds hard to believe. That's the power of hypnosis. And mass hypnosis is the most powerful hypnosis. And so people for a long time with cigarettes were under the impression that cigarettes were fine, if not even healthy for them. They literally used to have ads with doctors saying this is the healthiest cigarette. You know, and so it really, it took a while. It was right around the 60s, 70s where they started, you know, that's when the studies started to come out and say, oh, cigarettes, cancer. 
linked together. And the cigarette companies sat on this for a long time, kept it out of the, the public, but they saw the 70s start coming around. They said, okay, the writing's on the wall. This is going to come out. And they started to divest from the cigarettes and they got involved with the food companies, Kraft specifically. I don't know how much they own of it now, but RJ Reynolds went into it and bought a bunch of it. So they used the same philosophies, the same marketing tactics that the cigarette companies brought into the food manufacturing. And if you look at the obesity and diabetes numbers in America from about the early 80s till now, they're absolutely jaw-dropping, absolutely jaw-dropping. And I don't blame just, you know, this the cigarette companies moving into the foods. Um, I think there's some other factors as well. But a big part of it is this idea that the way that they, the foods are very addictive um, and they sit on the evidence of how damaging it is to our health. And so I promise you in our lives, you're going to see looking at certain foods almost as you look at cigarettes, right? Because cigarettes now, and why, by the way, just to drive a point home, if you're a non-smoker, you're not a non-smoker because you're fighting cigarette cravings all the time. You know, you're a cigarette, you're not, you're a non-smoker because you, the way you think about cigarettes doesn't create any cravings. You see? So, so the secret you want with your weight is not to fight against the food cravings forever. It's to change the way you're thinking so that you don't have these food cravings or you, or you minimize and lower them, you know? But at some point in your life, you're going to think about certain foods that are just out and about. Everyone's eating them. You're going to start to think of those almost like cigarettes because of how dangerous they are to your health. And you're going to start to internalize the damage that, our typical sad standard American diet is for our bodies and our health and our lifespans, you know, and that's going to change the way you approach this whole thing, but you should ought to do that now. Um, someone says, yo, Jim, I lost 40 pounds since October 4th. Hey, party on, right? Yeah, absolutely. That That's very impressive. 40 pounds since October 4th. That's great. Congratulations. I love knowing how you did that. Cause you know, that's the core of what I do with people, by the way. So it's like, I'm not going to say what's the most important thing, but one of the most important things I learned was neurolinguistic programming. And that's really the science of modeling. You know, how did someone, you find someone got the results you want and you model them. What, what do they do? You know? And so when I wanted to lose weight and I'd learned about NLP for the first time ever, I actually found people had lost weight and kept it off. And I would talk to them, ask them what they did. And I've been doing that ever since. And it's very, very obvious right away that they were thinking differently. It wasn't just like tactical. You know, they weren't like they were telling me tactics of what they did. It was like embedded in the way they spoke in the way they lived their lives. That's how they mastered their weight. And it was obvious right off the bat, you know. Um, so great job, you know. So so reckon with that 40 pounds uh, weight loss, pay attention now to what, what did you do? How did you think? How did you make that happen? Become aware of that. Don't just let yourself, you kind of did it and now you just do it. You want to analyze what, what did you tell yourself? What motivated you? What strategies did you use? right? Which strategies really work well and which strategies are still kind of hard to do and how can you tweak and optimize them? You know, so great job. That, that's awesome. Um, someone says it's not just the white crystal, it's Cheetos, chips, alcohol, even lactose and milk, not just desserts. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. 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 Yeah. And there's sugar and everything now anyways, you know, but it's sugar and flour. You know, I always say that to people that you really want to, a good way to classify your food. You know, I know they talk about like, they really obsess you on macronutrients, right? Fat, protein, um, and carbs. And they get you fixated on that. There's lots of, again, the diet, you have to understand that the food manufacturer and the diets are the same. And so they're always fixating you on food in such subtle ways. Diabetes, like diabetes magazines is a great example of this. So diabetes magazines will show a lot of pictures of like 
rich desserts and things like this. Now they might be tweaked recipes or whatever, but they're still focusing you on eating these types of foods, you know? And so when it comes to the diets and the food manufacturers, they're always focusing to classify foods in specific ways that don't help you and help them. But one category I would suggest you, you look at your foods with is how much of your foods are actually just powders, right? How much of your food are you eating that is really just powder? I had this epiphany last month. I was making cookies and I realized, holy shit, these cookies, they're all just powder. It's just flour and sugar, basically, you know? Uh, this is like 80% powder. Now it's a trick of the mind because you can cook the powder and it turns into something hard and crunchy sometimes, right? You'll get a bagel, oh, I'm chewing on a bagel, but it's really just powder, you see? And so you wanna reduce your powder intake as much as possible. It's gonna make your weight mastery much easier. When you start actually eating real food with fiber in it, you know, um, it, it has quite an impact on your body, right? You're not meant to just be eating powder all day. You know, it, it doesn't work well. So that's a great question to ask though, is noticing how much powder you do eat, right? Really, really helpful. Um, I can tell the difference just by the fact of lower sugar, lower inflammation. Yeah, absolutely. The inflammation is such a huge thing. I was thinking even like, like when you're dealing, how you internalize this, but it, when you think about your cells, you know, it's not, you're not gaining more fat cells. You have the same amount of fat cells. They're just getting bigger, you know, relatively. Um, they get bigger and bigger because they're, they're stuffed, you know? And so it's like you have these cells that are just stuffed to the max, you know? And it's just this red burning inflammation systemically from the deepest cell, you know what I mean? Single cell to just a systemic um, inflammation of, of systems of literally visceral fat just pushing on the organs and creating other issues. It's, it's, it's a systemic problem. I always like to say like even with the meditation and then with the food and the lifestyle, but it's like the meditation is like pouring cooling waters onto your nervous system. And I think of like eating healthy foods, living a healthier lifestyle as pouring kind of cooling waters onto my body, you know, because the alternative is that you have this inflamed system, you know, literally inflamed. And a lot of people have said that obesity is really an inflammation disease, you know, um, because again, it, it's that tsunami effect that you can't think of your system, right? If there's a tsunami someplace, what happens is, well, this happened in Japan. They had a tsunami. It took out the whole um, water pumping system, right? It ruined the systems. You know what I mean? And, and then that led to other problems. And so it's the same thing in your body. When you keep overwhelming it, you're, you're not, you tend to think of your body as the same and then it can just handle whatever's thrown at it. But what you don't recognize is your body's like a car, right? And so it's like, as you drive it and use it, the pieces and the parts within the car are impacted. You know, so when you're dumping all this sugar and flour into your body and you're spiking your glucose levels and then flooding your body with insulin, there are systemic effects of all of that. It's very unnatural. It's very intense for your body, you know? So when you chill out on all that stuff, you, you, you tend to create a lot more energy, you know, because you're not wasting so much energy fighting against all this stuff and your body just starts to run more efficiently, you know? Someone says, I'm going to call you Demetrios, the king of hypnosis and weight loss. T-shirts, am I right? <laughs> Demetrios, that's my Greek name. Uh, that's funny. Thank you. Uh, when I was craving a dessert, I thought, nope, it's bad hypnosis by companies that worked. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's what I mean. The hypnosis, I, I, you know, again, what do they say, right? When the only tool you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Um, so I'm a hypnotist. So I understand that. But I don't know. And, and by the way, this is like one of my biggest conspiracies because I always say this, but I'm, I'm not the smartest guy in the, in the world here. And it's like, how did I come up with a lot of this stuff, right? And I'm not saying I got the answer to everything, but 
my approach to weight loss is at least is practical because right? I've been working with actual people on the nuts and bolts of weight loss and the nuts and bolts of weight loss is not knowing what to do. It's being able to get yourself to do it, you know? So, um, I tell this story a lot. I, I did a series a couple years ago more than a couple of years. It was called the elite body. And I interviewed a lot of the top fitness trainers and nutritionists on the planet. And I remember one of them, Craig Ballantyne, we were talking about, he had turbulence training. And I said, well, what do you do when your clients aren't motivated? And he's like, what? And I said, well, when you have clients that, that you're working with and they're not motivated, how, how do you deal with that? What do you do? And he's like, what do you mean? I don't even know what you mean. And I was like, what am I, <laughs> am I speaking English? I'm like, when they're not motivated, man, what, that's my whole life. What, what are you talking about? And he's like, when they come to me, they are motivated. I was like, what the hell? And I realized, I'm like, yeah, personal trainers, like if someone shows up, they're motivated, you know, nutritionists, um, dietitians, like when someone actually shows up there, they're motivated. But it's like, for me, I'm helping people when they're not motivated. And to me, I was like, that's the most important part of the whole process. So how do you go from being not motivated to being motivated? Well, if you don't know hypnosis, I don't know. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Because we had this, it's been, what are we, two weeks away from January 1st. I know you tried motivating yourself January 1st. Here we are Monday. You're probably right in the process of either getting involved with this week or just kickstart it to next Monday, right? But what is your ability to get motivated? How do you even approach it? You know, and I don't think you can even have a chance of it because if you don't understand your conscious mind, your subconscious mind, the interplay between them, how they operate, what they do well and what they don't do well, right? If you don't understand that idea, that concept of your mind, I don't even know how you'd change anything, you know, because what it comes down to is you're just trying to force yourself to act differently and you're not set up for that. Your brain's not designed that way, you know? So it's like without even having that awareness, it's like, what's the point? So I think, again, what I always teach people, I've always say this, it's the saying, you know, give a person a fish, feed them for a day, teach a person to fish, feed them for a lifetime. And so, I started my career hypnotizing people and um, it would work sometimes, not work others. But even when it worked, these people go back into the world. Well, listen, if I could hypnotize them, the world can hypnotize them. You're constantly surrounded by hypnosis. What do you think a commercial is? What do you think a commercial is? (laughs) It's literally hypnosis. It's hypnosis trying to influence your subconscious mind. You know, and that's the big thing. If you ever study advertisements, you look at early advertisements, they were very logic based and you would see like, like an advertisement in a magazine and it's like a whole wall of text because they're trying to tell you all the features and all the benefits and all the reasons you should get it, right? This is the car has got all this stuff and it'll tell you, right? Now we look at a car ad and it's just like, it's, it's very emotional. There's no logic, right? They're just, they're driving this car like through the woods or they're through, you know what I mean? Like with animals and you know, beautiful people driving in or on top of the cars or whatever. It logically makes no sense. But every ad now is illogical because they're influencing your subconscious mind because your subconscious mind's driving all of your behavior. So if you don't understand this process, I don't even know how you would have a shot in hell of actually being able to make this happen. You know. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, spontaneously, this happens. I'm going to say all the time, but but I don't want to make it sound like it's a common thing. But plenty of people have lost weight because just something spontaneously triggers them and they, they whatever it works out. But if you just like starting right now from a dead stop, want to get yourself motivated and on track to do something, uh, and you don't know hypnosis, what do you what are you gonna do? What what's the what's the strat? What's the strategy? What are you gonna do? You know, force yourself to do it, you know? And even like psychology, what are you gonna what's psychology, you know, you do cognitive behavioral therapy maybe? 
right? What are you going to listen? What what are you what what philosophy strategy you use to influence yourself so you start acting different? Write it in the messages too. Maybe I'm just missing something, right? If you want to create a mindset that was congruent with the weight loss goals that you want to achieve, how would you go about that? Short of willpower. You know, you got one tool in your chest here. It's willpower. And it, your, your brain's having designed to, to, to use willpower. Your willpower comes from 10% of your brain. You think that 10% is going to fight the other 90%? So yeah, so as craving a dessert, you know, when you crave a dessert, how do you crave something, right? Because now you're listening to me and you're motivated and you don't want to eat anything bad, right? Two hours from now, you're going to, well, oh, I, want a, I want a piece of cake. Oh, if I want some ice cream. I was listening to Jim, that was it. But now I want some, right? So what's the difference between you now and in two hours when it's snack time? What's the difference? You're the same person, right? Right? So what's different? You know the same amount of stuff. So why are you motivated here and not now you want to be motivated to eat cake? What's the difference? <laughs> right? And you have no idea. No idea. So how are you going to fix it? That's why you're superstitious, because you don't know any of these nuts and bolts of stuff, you know? That's, that's the problem. Someone says, I've done cognitive therapy, behavioral therapy for 15 years. We all have so much mental work to do. Yeah, you really help people get into their mind and healing. Yeah, absolutely. And the cognitive behavioral therapy, I think, is is great. And that's the most studied um, therapy now, right? That's the, Scientifically, they always put that out there. Scientifically, that's the most effective therapy right i would agree you know I, I think the way it's laid out it makes a lot of sense however <laughs> i also think it's like it's one tool out of about 10 that you would learn if you were using hypnosis too because the cognitive behavioral therapy is a very conscious based approach it's it, i think psychology all of psychology as far as i can tell has a co has a conscious bias so we tend to look at ourselves and psychology tends to look at all of this as what we're consciously aware of, our conscious control over things. And they never really define the subconscious part of it that's running most of the show. And so even with cognitive behavioral therapy, it's good to start recognizing these things, but there are so many other ways that you can influence that subconscious mind other than just awareness and conscious strategies that you come up with. That's a great first step because the first step of all change is awareness and the why? Because you're not aware of what you're doing because it's literally subconsciously oriented. It's out, out of your awareness, you know? And so the things that, that are driving your behavior, you're not even aware of. So that's where cognitive behavioral therapy and, and what I do, they're very similar in the sense that the first step is becoming aware, uncovering why are you doing what you're doing, you know? This, this, the person says, I don't want to lose weight because I don't want to deal with the loose skin. So you're incongruent. Part of you wants to lose weight and part of you does not want to lose weight because you want to deal with the loose skin. And the loose skin fear is more intense than the wanting to lose weight. And so guess what? You ain't going to lose weight. You know, so you got to recognize this first and then you got to go work on resolving it. All right. Um, so cool. If anyone's got any questions, feel free to ask them when we get out of here in a few minutes. I guess being more mindful of food is center of celebrations, all of them. So mindful versus impulsive. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So mindfulness is, is really important, I think, in this process. But, but. Mindfulness will not be enough. And how do you train your mindfulness? 
Now I have an answer to this. You know, I have an answer because in my program, the very first thing you learn within the first five minutes is the program yourself then technique, which is a self-hypnosis technique. But it's actually two techniques. It's the redo technique and the rehearsal technique. So the redo technique, as you can imagine, it's looking back over the day and it's picking one thing you would have changed, one behavior you would have changed, one behavior you weren't happy with, thrilled with, right? And we learned from it because mindfulness needs to be developed. Think of mindfulness like a muscle and it's really weak right now for you. And it's naturally weak. It's a naturally weak muscle, okay? But you can make it stronger. Um, but the way you make it stronger is you want it to be in the moment. You want to be mindful in the moment, but you're not and you're not going to be. And so we need to be able to look back as well because we're not going to have the mindfulness to change right from the start. You know, you need to develop it, you know? So my reader rehearsal technique, it helps you develop that mindfulness, that awareness, you know? Because it is something you have to work on and develop, you know, no doubt about it. Someone says, that's interesting. Hmm, so you're focused on the why. Oh yeah, the why, why is crucial, right? So we're talking about motivation. That's the very first thing you need to answer, you know, is, is the why of what you're doing. However, the word why and the question why is also a trap sometimes, you know? So the big whys of why you're doing this are great whys. The why questions of why do I keep eating the wrong food? Why can't I stick with something? Why do I always lose a couple pounds and then get demotivated, right? These are the why questions that people are addicted to and it literally hypnotically keeps you trapped keeps you trapped and stuck because your subconscious mind's a servo mechanism and it just answers the questions you're asking. And if you keep, and you do, keep asking the question, why, why do I keep doing this? Why can't I stick with something? Well, you're going, ah, because this happened to you and then you, this happened and this did and then and your mind just starts generating all these ideas, none of them being helpful. So in practicality, how questions are much more valuable. How can I get myself to eat healthier in a more natural way? How can I make weight loss easy and automatic? How can I make it fun? What? Now, I know you don't have the answers to these, but these questions bring you to a much different place. You know, the questions you're asking are literally hypnotizing you more than anything else, you know, and you don't even realize it. So it's important that you start asking better questions. How questions are typically going to bring you to a better place than why questions. Someone says, how do you find good replacements for emotions that are not food other than long-term health? Yeah, okay, so this is your time frame that you're thinking in, right? So the big shift I make with people with, with food is to go from focusing, because I remember I said everything's good and bad, right? Eating cookies is good and bad. It's good because it tastes good in the moment while you're eating, it's enjoyable, and it's bad because of the consequences of it. And so the big shift that happens subconsciously with the people I work with is they subconsciously shift their focus when they're gonna make a food decision from the consequence, or from the consumption to the consequence. But the consequence is important, not the consequence of gaining weight potentially or losing weight in three months. Your brain discounts the future. So we need to find a short-term consequence that you can focus on. That short-term focus is how you're going to feel 10 minutes after you finish eating that cookie, you see? So when you start orienting your mind and you say, oh, I feel like I'm gonna have some cake. Instead of saying, oh, how's that cake gonna taste? You wanna be saying, how am I gonna feel 10 minutes after I finish eating that cake? You see? And you have to train this in. It's me telling you the first start, but you need to train it in so you do it naturally and automatically. And once you do, you intuitively and naturally start making different food choices, right? Because you're, you're thinking about different things, you see? And so a good replacement for emotions that are not food, you want to keep the emotions. Let's just, I'll stick with a real simple one, is a lot of times people will work all day, they're really tired, nighttime, they're going to eat, watch TV because it's their time to unwind and relax and just recover from the day. 
right? And so what a lot of people will do when they want to start losing weight is say, I have to stop doing that, stop eating, you know, but now they're not getting the relaxation and enjoyment that they're craving, you know? So the question becomes, how can I feel more relaxed and unwind in a natural way that doesn't involve food? How can I get more relaxation? You know, and again, different people come up with different stuff. For me, part of it was doing yoga at night. You know, I started doing yoga and I was like, it was way more relaxing than sitting and watching TV. And then on top of that, I wasn't putting all that food in my body during that time. So I slept better. I felt more relaxed. Remember, digestion is one of the top uses of energy in your body. So when you stuff your body full of all this food, your body has to work really hard to digest it, you know? And if you're doing that right before you go to bed, then it's going to affect your sleep and you're going to wake up more tired. You know, so again, understanding what emotion you're getting out of the food and then asking the question, how can I get that emotion in a more genuine way? It doesn't involve food, you know, that, that can really help. Um, yeah, brilliant. Don't let the whys lead to excuses. How questions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the how questions are really game changers, you know. And again, what's going to happen is you'll start asking a how question and your brain will say, I don't know. And that's evidence your brain... Understand this, right? That the primary orienting principle of your brain is that it wants to conserve energy, right? So the organizing principle of your entire brain more than anything else is it wants to conserve energy. And so it's easier to ask why questions that you cycle through answers that you've answered a million times. Why do I keep doing this? Oh, because this happened when I was younger. Oh, because my mom said this to me. Oh, because this happened. And you just loop through what you always do. And it keeps you stuck because your thoughts are just neural connections. And you have these neural connections. Why do I keep struggling with weight? I want to lose weight. And you just loop through the exact same conversations. You may not realize it, you know? So as soon as you say, well, how can I make weight loss easy and fun? It's a silence. Because <laughs> you don't have any of those neural connections. You don't have any answers to that. And that silence and that that lack of an answer, sometimes it feels scary. It's a vacuum. It's, uh, let me go back to the why questions. Uh, you know, but if you can sit with that quiet for a second and really like a dog with a bone, no, how can I make this easier? How can I make this better? How, and you keep asking that you start uncovering real genuine solutions. And once you have a good solution, a better strategy than you used to, your mind is going to use it. Kind of like, like if you drive to work every day and you drive through traffic and it's a gross part of town, you don't like it, it's miserable and you whatever. And then one day I come in and I say, hey, you know what? There's a, there's a different way to get to work. It's half the distance. It's beautiful view. It's right by the ocean. It's, just, it's beautiful. It's perfect. All the rest of it. Like, are you going to forget about that? No, you're going to remember it because it's better. You see? And so right now, when it comes to your weight loss, you're in the process of removing choices. I got to stop eating at night. I got to stop eating those cookies. I got to stop eating that ice cream. I got to stop doing that. I got to stop doing that. Right? Everything's about doing less of, and you're creating a vacuum and you're not telling yourself what to do, you know? And so, so much of your results are going to be dependent upon how, what strategies you learn, what, what strategies you implement into yourself to do, you know, but you're not doing that. You're just taking choices away. You know, so it's a completely different opposite. So yeah, those how questions are really, really valuable, right? Um, someone said you help people lose weight for reward. Happy you also, we reward ourselves by, oh, okay, <laughs> someone said, oh, I'm sorry, that accidentally said I meant it. It's rewarding to help people, so reward self with. Um, not sure if I understand that question, but uh, it is, um, w I will say this, that, that you know, what, when you try and motivate yourself with weight loss, Usually, even in the languaging, right? If you listen to the language, it's very clear. The idea that like I need to lose 
X amount of pounds. I want to lose X amount of pounds. And so a lot of times people articulate their weight loss goal in terms of what they want to lose. And so subconsciously what's happening is they're referencing their overweight body, the, the identity and person they don't like. And they're saying, I don't want to be that anymore, which is similar to saying, don't think about a banana, right? If I tell you not to think about a banana, you're thinking about a banana. And so a lot of times with your weight loss strategy, what you're subconsciously doing is you're thinking about yourself being overweight and then you say, I want to lose X amount of pounds, okay? And your strategy food-wise is saying, I got to stop eating ice cream. I got to stop thinking about ice cream. I have to stop thinking about ice cream. I got to stop thinking about bananas, right? And so it's a little obsessing you on the thing that you don't want to be eating so much of, you know? And so what I suggest is with the, your own goal, Instead of saying, I want to lose X amount of pounds, start saying, I want to weigh X amount of pounds. I want to be a size blank. But more importantly, that's just the first part. I want to be a person who feels in control of their weight, who's happy with themselves, who naturally eats healthy foods, who feels alive, who feels like the best version of themselves. You see? And this is a much different goal. And just articulating, just saying those words, those are hypnotic suggestions. Words are just anchors. And so if I say I want to lose X amount of pounds, there's nothing very motivating there yet, right? This idea that I'm going to be myself, but just minus some weight, you see, as opposed to imagining this transformation, I want to be this best version of me. I want to be confident. I want to walk through the day feeling in control. I want to feel successful. I want to be proud of myself. You know, I want to be a good role model for the people in my life that matter to me, you see? And so right off the bat, the goal we set is going to dictate so much of what you're going to, uh, what you're going to accomplish. Um, oh, okay. People saying thank you in a long wait uh, because you, Jim, helped them so reward yourself. Oh, thank you. I, I know what you mean. I, know, I got what you're saying. Thank you. Yeah, and I do appreciate that. That's one of the fun things, you know. It's like doing these, just putting all these videos out there because I know it's a complete like 180 difference that I'm talking about in terms of weight loss than, than what's normally out there. And I know it's so refreshing for people because they're trapped and just think about it one way. You know, so it is literally one of the most um, rewarding things for me personally to be able to just shift people's mindsets through doing these. I, I love it. Like I said, it's, it's, that's my mission, literally, to help as many po people as possible live at their goal weight. That, that's my goal. Um, so, yeah, it re really means a lot to me. So, all right, I got to get out of here. Got, got some calls coming up, but uh, thank you very much. If you want to take this further, again, remember, you can go in my description, look at my bio, go watch that training. You know, and even if you don't watch it, which I, please watch a half hour video, you know, but even if you don't, just sign up anyways, because I send out uh, daily emails. You know, I'm always sending out stuff to help you, you know? So yeah, I have a program that you can work with me, but I also, if you don't have any money and you don't have the time to do it, I'll help you out for free too. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm really here for you. So um, thank you so much for, for being part of this. And I, I appreciate all of you so much. All right. Thank you. Thank you guys. Have a great day. Talk soon. Bye.